You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we dive into the inspiring journey of Matt Pierce as he shares his transformative trail running experience with us. Discover how running became his path to freedom, helping him to overcome challenges, find inner peace and embrace adventure. Get ready for an episode filled with motivation and inspiration. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am excited to introduce you all to Matt Pierce. Hello, Matt. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Friday afternoon, so things, things are good. Friday afternoons are good, aren't they? Especially if you work a nine to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> it's like yes. Nice to have a Friday yes. Afternoon. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, Matt, you're a referral, so you a bunch of your friends have already been on here. So I know uh, I'm really excited to learn more about you. I haven't um, met before, though I think by your cap, I can see that you were probably at Mount Kenyani run this year, if not many years, but yeah, you there this year. So I was there yeah, this year. So I'm, we were in I'm... the same in environment yeah definitely look I've, I've, i haven't ran the community mountain run um but I've, I've certainly been a part of the committee um not not long after its inception really so i thank you i thank you yeah yeah and your name is certainly familiar i had a lot to do with volunteering yeah um, and coordinating that you know in the first kmr and then a little bit more to do with that in the second one so Name's familiar. I think I might have seen you somewhere. <laughs> Out there on yeah, those trails. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, Tasmania is quite tiny. It's not, I've had a quite a few um, overseas calls recently, so it's quite nice to chat to someone who's back here as well. That's kind of groovy. So thank you for agreeing. It's not always fun to just jump on until you get here and then it's really fun because, you know, this is a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely listened to a few of the podcasts. It sounds like a pretty good adventure and yeah and uh, like I said earlier thank you for, for allowing me the opportunity I'm excited all right let's cool. start with where did you grow up I grew up in the Derwent Valley so not too far from Hobart um yeah. a place called New Norfolk yep so grew up there um Beautiful. I I was an 80s kid so yeah you know lots of outdoor stuff which was cool and it was all right on the doorstep so we had the 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 Derwent River running through the middle of town and mountains on either side. So, oh, I love that. That, that was my playground essentially from a very very young age. Did you have siblings? Like, do you have do you have siblings? Uh, I have have two sisters. Had two sisters. Have one now. So okay. one passed away not not too long ago. Okay. Oh, so um, as a family, were you a very active family? Uh. Yes. Yeah, I, I was certainly happy. My sisters were a, a little older than me, so they they um they moved out. You know, not not too long after I could start remembering things. Um, oh wow! But um, 
yeah, look, I, I was I was always active, and you know, my mum encouraged me to to play a lot of those team sports. So yeah. never never really excelled at any of them, but from from memory, I, I, I can sort of recall playing about every sport that was on offer. Um, didn't didn't really find the niche, but um, yeah. you know, had fun doing it. But you enjoyed that kind of you know the active body. You weren't so much a sit around at home watching. Um whatever was on school in on telly in the 80s <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't much going on on the tv front um <laughs> but what what was going on was a lot of a lot of cool movies you know spielberg was big at the time so there was yeah. the goonies and indiana jones and all these really cool adventure movies and that e. that sort of played in part you know <laughs> to where i lived at this as this big adventure playground oh, so i took the love for these adventure movies and took them out into the bush and oh, I you, know, you, that. Couldn't, you couldn't get me home. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you finished school, what did you do? What was your path to work and adult? Oh, well, uh, when I left school, um, so, you know, my upbringing, there was a lot of fishing, a lot of camping. So my dad okay. um, always, you know, took me up to the highlands. Yeah. We, we'd done a lot of fishing and camping. Uh, when I left school, I, I remember him saying, oh, would you like a job on a fishing boat? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. That, sounds, that sounds great. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm sort of watching Hobart get smaller and smaller as we're sailing out of the dock, of the dock on a, um orange roughy trawler. And uh, 24 hours later, I had turned from a boy to a man, as they say, and it was like, where am I and what am I doing here? Um, it was, Did you throw up a lot? <laughs> I did, yeah, I did initially. Um, but once you get those sea legs, it's yeah, it was wow. it was very cool. You know, it was it wasn't cool what we were doing to the oceans at the time, and, yeah. and, and certainly that didn't last too long with the orange ruffy, But it was an experience of a lifetime. So, how old were you that. then? Was that like 15, 16, or sixteen, seventeen type of? Uh, time? yeah, it would have been. I would have, I would have still been fifteen. Yeah, so it was at the end of ninety two. Mm. How long did you do and, that um, for? Uh, I did that for close to a year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then then life sort of took a, a bit of a dark turn for me after that. And what are you happy to share? Whatever you want to talk about. Oh, look, you know, um, I sort of had odd jobs here and there after that. Yeah. But um, yeah, sort of at the end of high school, um, drugs became a bit of an issue. So, mm -hmm. you know, marijuana. Um, yep. took a bit of a hold and uh it, it kept a good hold for for 20 years oh wow so it was a it was a a fairly big part of my life and a, and a really big journey but there's there's um not much that you know i'd, I'd want to share or could share because yeah. you know it was just one of those one of those things that you know, mm -hmm. when you're in in that type of addiction and you know cigarettes alcohol and yeah, and marijuana. You know, fortunately for me, uh, my mum would always say it's a it's a gateway drug, and you know, fortunately, it, it, the gate didn't open, so it never yeah. progressed any further. Which you know, I'm yeah. very grateful for. I, I obviously had enough sense, um, but but it, it it also kept me outside of myself as well. Yeah. So you know, it, it kept me out of having to deal with the challenges of life, or you know, it kept me out of having to feel the pain from love or, mm. you know, the loss of, yeah. you know, um, love, you know, relationships and all that mm. sort of stuff. So it was this sort of 
you know, the, the, the Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb. Yeah, I was going to say know? very numbing type of experience. Yeah, it was that. It provided this really comfortably numb sort of hmm. uh, place to be. So, um, yeah, until you come out of that, yeah. um, you know, life doesn't seem that, that difficult. My, um, I have a 31-year-old who started that journey when he was 16. And he, I would say he's only come out of it in the last 12 months. So it's not like um, I don't understand from another perspective as well. So that how, you know, it's, it, it's a tough time. I, I, yeah, it's really mm. hard for everyone mm. concerned. You know, it is hard. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's it's really odd because when, when you're in it, you are functioning, yeah. you are living, mm. you are receiving all these of information from other people which you will not actually process until you yeah. come out the other side of yeah. that like well, you, not really process yeah you're processing mm. it in a different certainly different perspective on everything that you maybe mm. even almost can't relate to now like when you look back you go oh why did i think like that <laughs> or whatever i don't know yeah it's yeah it's yeah no it certainly you know um made me really appreciate those early years and certainly yeah. the last 12 years yeah. So, so what was the catalyst for you? What was? Oh, the catalyst. That, yeah. Why did Why did you go from yeah. from that that what you've just described to yeah? You know, what we're well, seeing. Well, I was very fortunate enough to uh, have. I went to Queensland for a while and, and yeah. held a few different jobs up there. I came back and uh, rekindled a relationship with my oh. high school sweetheart. So it was. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, it was, it, it, you know, it's just, um, you know, I was still in the midst of that addiction and, and it's it's really hard for me to say addiction, you know, because I, I was, yeah. it's it's such a highly form, a highly functioning form of addiction, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's it sort of hides really well. Um, so, yeah, no, I came back uh, with Bianca, my, my uh, now wife partner, yeah. wife partner, yeah. and uh I was fortunate enough to be part of bringing another wife into the world who you wow. met earlier, Bronte. Um, and it really was instantaneous for me. Um, oh. It was just that that very first moment of, of holding Bronte that I just said, you know, that that's it. I, I'm I'm just done with with the you know the the drugs, the lifestyle, and the cigarettes, and... you know. Um, yeah. So I was. I was really fortunate and realised in that moment how powerful, you know, everyone can be in that situation because mm. I'm sure it's not just me that could achieve something like that. Um, I know how hard addictions are to, to break sometimes, but um, it was a real eye-opener for me. So, Wow. I love that. Yeah. And so yeah. what did you, what work and things did you do once, like, did that do you? I don't know. What did you do after that? When it because you, you'd have been talking about holding down odd jobs and that kind of thing through this, other yeah, period. that's right. What, so, what for did that, you do after that? Yeah, yeah, for that 20, 20 years, oh, you know, there were so many different jobs in there. Mm. Um, you know, there was one one job that I had where, um, you know, I had a really bad, bad back injury. That was, you know, that, that that's interesting. The, the, the job I had was a, a result of, um, Around 16 or 17, I, I decided to move to Devonport with my sister to try to remove myself yeah, from, from that situation. Environment. Mm. Um, ended up finding the same people and the same problems where I went. 
but I, I, I found a job and uh, what happened then was I had a really bad back injury that ended up putting me in hospital and traction with a compressed L3 and L4. Oh, uh, they, were, they were very surprised they didn't actually snap my spinal cord because of the position I went in. Oh. And um, that then allowed the addiction to take hold for the next you know, X amount of years because I didn't yeah. really have the will or want. And you kind of incapacitated sort of, a bit yeah. in that sort of level of pain that's just in the background but there all the time, that sort of... Yeah, thing. that's right. So now I have the perfect excuse just to maintain that, that addictive... That, that addiction um sounds familiar <laughs> but yeah so uh where, where we went from from there um was i i talked to a friend who was working in the disability sector and okay. he said oh you you would be fantastic you'd be a fantastic support worker and i said look i've never i've got no qualifications they said but you do you know you've got so much life experience and I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right so, so uh yeah went in for an interview um that was 17 years ago and i'm I've, i'm still there now so I absolutely love working in the industry and helping vulnerable people and yeah so blessed to, to um yeah have been welcomed by the organization you know in, in terms of not having any skills or qualifications yeah. and, and now you, you probably know, so. i mean you have even more as you as you said number yeah, one you well, have the, the life skills but now you also have all of that experience as well the last yeah, years, yeah, definitely. Say. Yeah, and I, I uh, done the support work for a little over ten years, and then yeah. slowly sort of made my way into the office in a in a managerial role, and yeah. you know, I absolutely love what I do. You know, empowering empowering staff now to to achieve the goals that the the, the clients you know most want out of out of their support. It's, wow, yeah, what's awesome. what sort of clients do you all work with? Uh, a, a huge diversity of, of clients. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, clients with intellectual disabilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, autism, Down syndrome. Yeah. Um, through the sort of uh, mental health and trauma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the you know the list goes on. And and age group is it like an for adults or all through? Uh, it's um in our organisation it's probably eighteen through to. 65 fish yeah wow i love that i love those kind of um stories you know where i often see my son a bit like that he's actually doing apprenticeship at the moment <laughs> but um but i see him um he's talked about being able to use his experiences as well to go on and help people in in different roles but often in those kind of caring roles where you you know supporting other people because you've had you know such a background where it's enabled you to be able to do that which i think is yeah, I believe uh, um, that is certainly the case and, and it feels like a bit of a, a giving back to the to the community and uh, it's but it's also just you know the, the passion to work with other people and, and watching other people build upon their capacity and their their ability to live a more independent, engaged and fulfilling life. So it's yeah. you know, really, really lucky. We'll that. Mm. Um, all right. So how this is a running podcast, weirdly. Um, mm. so, so how did you start <laughs> where, running? Where did that happen? Tell me, <laughs> when did that happen in all of this very busy life that you've just described? Yeah. Uh so it would have been around the time that Bronte was born, so that's yeah. almost 12 years ago. Uh just started bushwalking and um 
you know, at, at some point in that, I just started running back, whether I was late to an appointment or work or whatever yeah. it might have been. Yeah. I uh, just started running back. And then that, that was basically it. So I sort of just ran with the hiking boots I had on. And, oh, wow. You know, there was, the, 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 the reason why I was there to start with was because it was like I always had this thing of what I used to do as a, as a kid. And yeah. that was run around in the bush and I wouldn't come home to dark on yeah. the weekends. We'd pack a lunch and literally go bush and we'd see how far we could actually get into the bush before we had to turn around and come back. So, you know, there was a, there was a connection there early, early on. And, um, you know, there was a bit of cross country in high school as well. But, you know, I went for a walk one day and it was not far from where I live at the moment. And, um, yeah, I think I just must have started running and thought, oh, that's what I used to do. This is a game. This used to be cool. This was fun, you know, when we used to run around in the bush. Yeah. So it sort of relighted that connection. Yeah. And um, and then it sort of just spiralled from there, essentially. So that's how I started. It, it was literally just going for a walk yeah. in the bush and then remembering my childhood. It was almost like that cloud that the, you know, that the addiction caused for so yeah. long made me forget about all those things prior to that addiction. So when I was 15 and younger, I used to be active. I used to go in the bush. I used to do a lot of that, and it sort of reawoke me. It's kind of like um, like I had I tried marijuana um, once when I was like um, nineteen, I think, and I used to say the only reason I couldn't, I didn't keep doing marijuana was because I didn't feel like under control at all. But at least when I was drinking alcohol, I felt like I was under control. Might not have been, but you know, as a teenager, I'm talking about you know when you're really silly. Um, but yeah. with, with marijuana, I didn't. So I think, um, <laughs> I wonder whether, you know, you're talking about that reflecting back to when you were a kid and, and that those feelings of, of running through the bush and the freedom and things that that provided that for some people, um, drugs and different kinds of drugs have different things for different people, as you know, um, it provided some kind of replacement for what you get when you go out you know the endorphins that we get when we go out and we go to the bush or we go running or we do you know some of these adventurous outdoorsy things that we talk about on the podcast mm. where the drugs drugs can replace that kind of buzz it's like of a buzz or an endorphin stuff I think um so I wonder whether yeah as you said it was like a cloud but it probably provided you with something in your brain some little thing that clicked off that yeah. says I'm getting enough from this doing this drug yes. rather than needing to go outdoors to get it whereas yeah that's right it's, it's almost like the cup is full yeah. you know and, and using the cloud is quite a good analogy because it's a cushy cloud you yeah. know and the cloud usually goes hand in hand with the couch you know exactly. and it's like don't need to you know I'm happy yeah. I'm content yeah and you know that that's that's how it was and, and mm. it wasn't until um, you know, that catalyst that we talk about that came along mm. that then all of a sudden there's this huge empty void. How do I feel that? And, yeah. you know, I don't even know why I went for a walk that day. I might have been contemplating something pretty serious because, you know, along with, you know, the addiction is also the other side of that, which is that depression that kicks in, that there's such an empty void and, oh, wow, you've just wasted 20 years of good life mm -hmm. you know so there's I, I think that sort of that was part of why I went for that walk which turned yeah. into a run and, yeah. um, but that's that's the why you know that's that's essentially why it was like I was starting to wake up again 
but then along with that came the the guilt, which which is um, another another how, part of my journey. How do you deal with that, the guilt? Well, initially I found running, you know, and and um, you know what what I found from running was you you get to go inside. So I, I was I was always running on my own. I never found running groups. I never did Facebook at the time or anything like that. So I wasn't aware of this great wide world of a running community or running events and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. So I just started, you know, the good old bush running and yeah. having a jolly old time on my own, you know, back into these adventures like, you know, the, the 80s movies that we talked about, finding this yeah. real simple pleasure from it. Kind of moving um, into Forrest Gump by the sound of it, but not on roads, but into the Yeah, well, I've called that yeah. a few times with the beard. Uh, you know, even... Uh, you know, I even feel a bit like Jim Carrey when he when he was in the movie um, Yes Man. You know, he got to the point in his life where he just stopped saying no and just started saying yes, and 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 that felt a bit the same for me with running. You know, if someone said you want to go and run this crazy, yeah, yes, yes, yes. let's go, no thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Even though I just had no idea what I was doing, but that came a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so the guilt was more how do I manage the guilt? Then I found that running, you know, if I if I just physically exerted myself so much that I wouldn't have those inner demons telling me what such a waste of mm. life you did for that last 20 years. So I started pushing really hard with my running. And as a result, I was giving fit. You know, I didn't realise that well, this was going to have a sort of knock-on effect to mm. where I branched out further. But, um, yeah, certainly it, it running provides you that opportunity to look inside. And... Um, you might find lots of good stuff in there that you can then bring back out into the world. Yeah. But you also will bring a little part of that bad stuff back as well. And it's running sort of helped me, you know, bring it all up and then put it back where it belongs. Is there, do you worry about an element of that running away? And, uh, you know, like in that it's the guilt, like it's just another emotion. Um, and I'm not a therapist, my mum is, but I'm not. And um, so, um, she used to, when I was got divorced in my 20s, she would say, because I was quite an avid runner even then, and she would say, what are you running away from? Because I ran a lot more while I was getting divorced at that point in my life. Um, and I often, and just hearing you reflect then, it made me think about that and wonder, you know, yes, running can push things to the back, but is that mm. always what we want to do? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't and, come back and, and grab you some other time if you don't deal with that. I don't know. I'm yeah, just exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I dove head head first into that. You know what? And 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 I don't know whether anyone's coined this or whether I've heard it somewhere and not realised. But what I come up with that that guilt that you know my 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 past you know guilt of of wasting so much time. I sort of, I remember running and, I, and I, it just came to me and I just thought, you know what, all this stuff is bad fuel for a good fire. You know, the good fire being running, the bad fuel being the guilt. You know, some yeah, people run that. and are inspired by, you know, other runners and all yeah. this sort of stuff. But my inspiration comes from looking back at that other man going, mm -hmm. you're an absolute jerk, now run. You're not run as far away from that <laughs> From that other person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I've got I've got twenty years of, of really good stuff that I can use, and it was making peace with that. You know, it was yeah, like exactly. it's okay to use that. 
that bad yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, initially, yeah, I, I think I found that if I couldn't run, you know, because I was getting injured all the time because yeah. I, I'd basically gone from not running for 20 years to thinking <laughs> I was some elitist and, you know, I was just smashing out yeah. crazy runs. You know, to the point where people were going, "Are you okay?" Because you look really unwell. You know, I just lost so much weight in such a short period of time. Um, you just couldn't stop me. You know, I was oh. just, uh, I'm, I'm just running. You know, I'm, I'm Forrest Gump and this. Like, One addiction to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. You know, yep. exactly. And you know, fortunately, I had some uh, good colleagues around me um, that supported me, and 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 certainly my partner Bianca. Um, <laughs> well, unfortunate enough has decided to stay with me through that initial oh. you know, awakening yeah. um, because, you know, that had its ups and downs as well. Of course. Yeah, it's it's something, um, it's interesting with running. It can, as much as we're in here talking about how amazing it is, there are elements of it depending on where you are in your life or your personality or whatever where it can actually take on its own. It can be a little devil in your life you know, really can push you and and um you know almost break you and I don't just mean if you run long long distances and you know run for days or anything I I mean it can um it can be a bit disruptive if you take it to that level if you want and and not in a positive way um so it's finding that the path for you that works because it's different for all of us as well I suppose but uh, anyway all right so you then went on and did some you went and found a community of runners, didn't you? I did, yeah. I, I don't know how. Um, yeah, I was going to say, how did that happen? It, it, was, it, it just happened. Um, I can't, you know, I can't really recall how I ended up, you know, this, this introverted person that just all of a sudden rocks up to a running community such as the, the Hobart Trail Runners. Yeah. You know, a little bit prior to that, I just, you know, the other part of it was let's just jump on every possible race out there because yeah. you know that the whole the metal the bib the, you know this is this is cool um so i started meeting people through that attended a few park runs met some really nice people there and uh one of my colleagues um doug Stoyfield, who's one of the original mountain runners you know he he just took me under his wing and that that oh. was awesome so um but yeah i made my way to hobart trial runners and that's when things um took another pathway because you know i, I was the yes man so, you know, I'm just, I'm soaking up absolutely everything and, uh, you know, being part of that that community really, uh, it, yeah, it made me feel connected um, mm -hmm. when I didn't have that before. I, yeah. I had mates in the past, but, you know, they had those same types of addictions. So there was never, we weren't really motivating each other through, you know, what we were doing. An activity that was, um, Whereas, you know, a more positive activity, I suppose, if you want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with, with HTR, you know, I got to know some, some guys and girls there and um you know one of one of which who who uh now is a really good friend lincoln Quillen, who you've um talked to in the past yeah. uh he, he i just remember sitting at the table and he said oh do you want to go for a run and i was like yeah let, let's let's do it and he's like oh we're going to attempt the the penguin cradle trial it's this overland yeah type of walk for, i've done you know, it takes a few days usually I've done um, two days of it <laughs> as a walk, yeah, as a bike. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, like he, he said, it's a 80, 90 K and, you know, I don't think anyone's attempted it before. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. And um, I remember going home and this was about 
wasn't wasn't too long somewhere between that and when we ran the penguin cradle mm. trial my, my sister passed away and um, my sister's initials were actually peter catherine thorpe so pct so all oh. these connections oh and my was like, gosh oh, wow, this is, you know because when when that happened um i remember saying to bianca I, I don't think i can do it i'm not in the right headspace and, yeah. and and she knew that i needed to go and do it yeah and uh I don't think I really spoke to Lincoln about it until we actually started doing the run. Um, before that, I'd done a few sort of 50K um, events and a half marathon here and there. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we went and done that. And, you know, fortunately, we, we, we hit a spot um, up on Black Bluff Ridge, unfortunately, uh, because the, the weather turned on us. And, um, you know, I, I was just so driven um and and you know with thoughts of my sister and stuff that I was very fortunate that lincoln actually turned and said look we've got to we've got to head back down you know because he could see that you know things were, were going back like i knew i, I could feel my fingers or toes or anything like that yeah. um, but i was just so driven and and i was so mm -hmm. fortunate to have lincoln with me there at that time so wow. that was that was my first entry into a crazy run and it was certainly <laughs> Uh, one to remember uh, and it wasn't it didn't stop you because you <laughs> oh definitely not um I, I will one day go back and complete the pct i was invited back um uh when lincoln gareth uh and drew actually completed it uh and and i was actually in hospital at the time i had a uh a cyst in my mouth and had to have surgery oh. and um, I remember laying there and I got a video message from Lincoln at the spot where we turned around. Oh. Um, and it, it, yeah, I was just in tears instantly. You know, oh. it was just like, it was amazing. Um, so I'm so glad the boys went back and got it, but I'm, I'm definitely coming for that FKT. You're itching. <laughs> we, um... So I'm going to go back one day and, and complete that. I love that. that. Uh, trial. Um, yeah. there's something earlier on in the podcast, like it's been going for a couple of years now, but we would often talk about, it just reminded me something you said then about, especially for blokes, there's women too, but definitely for blokes that when there's stuff going on for them, really unlikely for them to sit down and talk face to face about stuff yeah. and bring it up. Yeah. That's probably why men's sheds are good too, a, a good environment because they're focused on something else. When you're running, you know, you're running side by side or or whatever and chatting. There's the the it's not as intimidating for a bloke to open up to another bloke or a woman or whatever because you you're not looking directly at each other. So you can you feel a bit better about expressing things like, you know, maybe you talked a bit about your sister or whatever, as you said, when you were out on that run. Um and I just find that is another reason why running with people actually. Um, you know, I, I love running by myself as well, but I also have a couple of times a week where I run with friends and I I find I know some I know those people I've been running with some of them for like 20 25 years and I know the minutiae of their life but I could go and hang out with my sisters that I only see you know once or twice a month but I feel like my running friends know me you know in that kind of <laughs> daily life mm -hmm. even better than my family does because of just because of that nature of the things that you share they're just everyday yes. silly things right down to really important things that, yeah. that are going on in your life i just find that it, um it's a fascinating thing and i think 
really valuable to have as a human being to be a part of those groups. Definitely agree. Uh, you know, it's it's hard sometimes for me to go. Is it because I'm I'm just doing this yes type of scenario, or or is it because of, you know the running provides that platform? And uh, I think it's a bit of both. I think you know once you accept vulnerability, uh, you know, in in that sense, then you know the it, there's no limitations really. Um, on, on the conversations you can have, the friendships you form, and yeah, running, running that that for me is, has been made through through running. So mm. yeah, I love so it. Fortunate. I love it. Mm. Um, so how long ago was it? That was a couple of years ago. Was it that attempt at the penguin? Yeah, that was that was back in twenty twenty one, I think. So after COVID, like everybody now, that's one of our pivotal points in our. History, so it was, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, no, so, yeah, that 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 sort of started uh, the 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 adventurous stuff, really, and okay. you know, I was, it was it was the place where I wanted to be with running, um, mm-hmm. and I found that real quickly. You know, I'd done lots of road races, started getting pretty quick, and mm-hmm. you know, even on on some of the trail events. Um, you know, I was starting to to get up there, and, and and then it was then there was this instantaneous moment, and and you know, I'm so thankful for to Doug Strofield for this. You know, he yeah. said, "How long? How long do you want to run for, young child?" Oh, that's uh, one of my questions. I have on a podcast. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he always he said, "How long do you want to run for, young child?" And you know, and then and and it was all about that longevity, and you know, while we were running and. Uh, and then it sort of just sat me down and, and it made me realise that what what am I competing for? Yeah. You know, what really, it, you know, that then in an instant just became such a non-existent drive yeah. uh, that, you yeah. know, I sort of really stepped back from running races and just, you know, even, even events, you know. Um, I still do some of the bigger events, you know, I want to experience yeah. UTA. Um, so I yeah. did that, even though that was, that was the, the year that UTA became the road race. Um, <laughs> so that, that was, that was quite, quite an event in itself. Um, but yeah, I've done, I've done Cradle Mountain Run a few times now. And, wow. Uh, you know, some of the other great events that we have. So the, the events still interest me, but definitely, you know, I'd be more excited to, if someone came up with this cool adventure. You know, that that's where it's all at. I think, so that, so. that is often something I ask um, on the podcast, and I think it changes. And as you just demonstrated, it changes for us over our life of running, what motivates us and what drives us to get up every day and train or whatever, whether it's an event. You know, some people are focused at just getting faster at those events and as you're um as doug said if to me that says well how long at what at some point in your life you won't be able to get faster probably <laughs> tends to be what happens um and so what then so it's kind of to me yeah, i i like i really like that reflection that you yeah. had then because it's, it's kind of hard powerful. to wake up after 20 years and go and sprint out you know 10k in 40 minutes or, or whatever <laughs> It's, Why do you, want you know, to? the body's it's like, like... <laughs> what, what are you doing? You know, and then, well, it's the same thing, even if you're not going fast and you decide you want to go and run, 
100 kilometers over some of the most horrendously beautiful terrain in the world um you know you're going to get that same sort of pain uh but it's well it's yeah well pain is actually an interesting yeah. one so yeah comfort and that's something versus I look for. Pain. Mm. yeah, yeah. I, I love that pain uh the good pain not the not bad stuff the how do you, you know, tell the, knowing, how do you tell the difference oh well, the, the difference is you know when when you're not getting up the next day because <laughs> you you literally can't walk um that although that's hard as well because then i know i've, I've had a i've had a pretty cool adventure um uh, but yeah the the pain's more around the injuries and the injuries came more because of the 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 running fast or you know packing too much into a week so it's all about finding that nice balance which i think um for me it, it had to come um at the expense of you know suffering injuries because mm. you know, i just wanted to make up for lost time so, so I, was, I was just doing that through lots of running apart from maybe ftks um competition isn't a big motivator for you for your running like it's not wanting to no no i i'd have to say that, that person next to you there's yeah there's no there's no motivating or no motivation that comes from from competing for me so your what do you think your motivator is? I'm sure we've touched on it in the last five minutes. My my motivator is is it's first and foremost the that that guilt that we talked about and and okay. making up for lost time. Yeah. That you know I you know I've had um, a couple of friends you know who who follow me on Strava say how do you manage to run you know almost every day the same loop around your local area. And it's because if I don't, I'm that person that I used to be, you know, and I'm not, yeah. you know, so it's yeah. not that I'm running away from that, yeah. but it's like I'm just so motivated because I don't ever want to be that way again. And I know that I'm not, even now if I stop running, I'm not going to be that person because the change that happened, it it changed who I am as a person, how That's I see the world. Mm. how i interact with other people you know that mm. that awakening wasn't just uh because the cloud lifted or it was but it it, it was it's it's mm. a life-changing event so mm. my motivator is is me and all the all the things that make up me so when i when i go deep inside it's like yep visions of me i mean he, so it's interesting because i was thinking about this and i thought you might ask it so two things that motivate me is when i run over that that one spot on my local loop um when i when i first went for a run around this little 5k block that i had to stop and walk and it was yeah. a slight incline so i yeah. hit that spot now 12 years later and that motivates me to push harder um yeah. you know it's just that i know the exact spot i remember the the hiking boots that i was running in, and i remember having to stop and walk because my lungs couldn't take it anymore and you know yeah um just Lots of uncomfortable. That, mm. that, that, that's one of the things. And then, you know, funnily enough, it's if someone drives down the street, if I'm doing my local loop, and they've got the window down and they're smoking a cigarette, you know, if I see that cigarette, it'll remind me of the old me. If yeah. I smell that cigarette, fire out. You know, that's, it's, it's just like it sends off this signal. It's like, yeah, that's right. That used to be me. You know, not, nothing to do with the person, yes. but all to do with the the trigger you know, of the feeling that it conjures up inside of me. So some some weird motivators, uh, you know. But, <laughs> they work, um, so. 
They weren't. And, you know, and I'm sure alongside of that is, you know, the people that I've met since since running uh, as mm. well, you know, um, you know, a huge influence on me as a person, not, not just as a runner, but as a person. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to have met some really, really lovely people. And as a result of that, you know, they've encouraged me to, uh, you know, go forth and be part of the Kanani Mountain Run Committee. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. on the Cradle Mountain Run Committee as well at the moment. Wow. I used to, used awesome. to sit on the TTRA, so the Tasmanian Trail Running Association yeah. Committee as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the yes man, you know, and and then and then I had a, a conversation with Lincoln and, you know, Lincoln grounded me again and he's like, it's 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 okay sometimes to to say no, you know, it's because you've got a full time job, you've got a family, um, you're a father, you want to do your running, yeah. you other things in life. You're on the KMR committee, the CMR committee. Yeah, and like, you know, need to. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to have some really good people, and definitely my partner grounds me in that sense as well. Wow, that is so busy. Uh, how do you fit it all in? How do you like that's often a question we ask on the podcast how do you feel yeah. it all in? like all those uh, things you just pointed out and then obviously well number one do you have goals uh like events that you're i mean i know we talked about you're not you're not a big event person but there are things that you want to do that you therefore need to have certain kind of training ticked off before you get to yeah. the start line or the start of whatever it is um so how do you fit that in? Because sometimes the pressure to get those things done is quite up there, especially if you have a big event that's not far away. Yeah, so for me, there's there's no formal plot out of plan and stick to it. It's just stay busy. Um, you know, the 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 with with KMR and stuff like that, you know, like I said, I'm very fortunate. Lincoln's very supportive of the role that I play there. And um, we, we have spoken about, you know, taking a little step back and, you know, sort of reassessing things. And it's it's just, I, I'm just staying busy. And, you know, as long as I'm spending the quality time with my family uh, yeah. and and I'm enabled to, you know, the, the time to run, mm-hmm. then, then I feel that what, what I do is, is okay. Um, you know, my work's also very supportive around everything else that I do as well. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a real good planner. And, you know, if I've got a run coming up, um, there's no such thing as training for that run. It's just, you know, just staying fit enough to do that. And uh, wow. what I found at, at one point in time was I think you become a little bit complacent mm-hmm. when you start uh, having the ability to to do the long runs. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone rings up and wants to go and run Overland Track or Frenchman's Cap or one of those other iconic places we have in Tassie. Um you know, out the door and gone. And because I could, I got to that point where I could do that, all the really important stuff dropped off in terms of recovery, stretching, yeah. you know, looking mm-hmm. after the body, yeah. you know, because I'm fit enough to do these really cool adventures. I don't need to do that stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly not any better at that other stuff, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to recognise it more and more uh, as I get older um, that that stuff's, just as important you know so yeah just just yeah. trying to fit it all in doing the best i can it's essentially That's just looking after myself you know registering registering when it gets too much to to know that it's okay to, to step back mm. it's okay just to mm. i say no i sort of need to take a break because I, I wasn't very good at that 
But do do you do things like uh, are you a morning runner, afternoon runner? I know that obviously the trail running, Hobart trail running, I think is an afternoon thing that that you meet up for. Um, mm-hmm. Or does it just depend what's going on in your life and you're not particularly favoured of one or the other? So I would definitely love to be a morning runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of most of our big adventures start in the morning. Silly o'clock. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, the afternoons. So the afternoons is like that juggling act of coming home, mm-hmm. preparing dinner, mm-hmm. spending time with Bronte, Bianca, running, coming back, you know, hopping on the computer, doing some committee stuff or whatever. But, you know, I'd love to be a morning runner. You know, if it, I'm sure if I tell myself enough that it'll it'll happen at some One stage because that would free up so much time. <laughs> <I've got laughs> yeah, definitely. Because so. if I don't run in the morning, and I mostly run in the morning, not always, but mostly, then at the end of the day, all that stuff gets on top of me, and I suddenly go, "Well, the thing that will I won't do is the run," <laughs> because all those other things take place. So I'm very um, envious of you that you're able to to keep the the run forefront of your mind. Like I've got, I'm going to do the run, mm. even though I've also got to do all these other things. Like my brain doesn't let me do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, I think when you're so, when you become so driven, um, you know, yeah. uh, it, it makes it a bit easier. You know, when that drive isn't, I've got to do the run because I've got an event coming up mm. or, you know, something to that effect, then, mm. you know, the motivator, for me is is what makes me get out there and, yeah. and do it and yeah. you know running like as we know it's just one of the greatest things that we can do as humans it's, absolutely it's, we're made to run oh definitely yeah. uh, you know you can, we can do all sorts of weird wonderful things you know star jumps hop on one foot all that sort of stuff <laughs> exactly but it doesn't give you that same endorphin release as what no. running does it's no. and especially when, when you add the nature that nature level as well you know like you talk about trail running yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, yeah. the nature level yeah, as well, no, I think, it, it takes it to yeah, another it, thing. Mm. It does, yeah. Do you listen to anything when you're running? Uh, I, Yeah, I do sometimes. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll always take like a little earbud with me. Um, I'll, I'll never start out listening to anything. And generally it's when the inner voices become too loud. Okay. So... You know, and and those inner voices can be some types of stuff. You know, they can be like yeah. you. You can't do this. You 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 know, it's you're not there. Or oh, the ITB's flared up again. You know, and now I've got to walk. And you know, so it's it's generally uh, not until I get into that real pain cave, whether it be a physical yeah. pain cave or a mental pain cave, that I'll chuck one earbud in. You know, I've always got one one ear yeah. open to the world because you know, trial Safety. running. You know, to be somewhat aware of your surrounds. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'll generally put on some music and, yeah, that'll just sort of, you know, give me that motivation to just block it out a bit. Get it, get it done, yeah. And you run with people each week as well when you go to the trail, the Hobart trail running? Yeah, so that that sort of dropped off a bit. For me, um, where where I'm at, it's it's a fair way away to get to the to the okay. local meets, and you know, there's even moments where I have those guilt feelings around that. You know, I'm so present every week, and it's like, oh, I've got to get back. You know, the, I've got to get back to the community. It's like yeah. the community that gave me so much, and 
you know, it's a it's a big part of why I sit on these committees and stuff. It's about yep. giving back. So, you know, it's it's yeah, it's always it's always there to get back, but life does get in the way and unfortunately, you know, HTR is usually the first one I'll just sort of mark off as okay, well I can't oh, make it this week. Can't do it now. <laughs> yeah. so, but no, I still I still every now and again I'll sort of pop my head in and it's really good to see the the next generation of Hobart trial runners coming through actually. Okay. Yeah, it's evolving and yeah, it's really good to see. And yeah. Gareth's doing a really, really good job at leading uh, the, the group. So Awesome. Um, have you had many injuries? You've talked about a couple of injuries during... Uh, yeah, I think I woke up every muscle and ligament oh, in nice. the body and they have screamed back at me um, <laughs> for, you know, being so dormant for so long. I think everything was quite comfortable. <laughs> So lots of lots of those inexperienced in, in the the injuries that come with inexperience, yeah. um, from you know both ITBs to both hip flexors to calf issues. Um, I think I've rolled my right ankle uh, so much that it just doesn't hurt anymore when I roll it now. So I literally run with a roll cage on the right ankle. So I, I strapped the right ankle because I've, okay. I've pretty much destroyed that one. And, you know, I'm very stubborn. So, I, you know, I didn't go and probably get the right help. Because nothing's stopping me type of scenario, um, apart from when I roll the ankle. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I, and I initially didn't deal with the injuries very well either. Yeah, I was going to ask and, about that. Yeah, that's... Um, that that was that's an interesting one, and you know I, I'd say I'm getting much better at it. I don't yeah. know whether Bianca would agree, uh, but I I think I'm getting better at it. You know I, I tend to recognise it now as it's okay not to run, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, no, I've had my, my fair share of injuries. Definitely. I would say you identify as a runner. Would I be right in in saying that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you think definitely. of yourself as a runner. Um, and so when you have those injuries and you can't run for a period of time, it does bring up all those kind of, well, who am I if I am if I can't run yeah. those moments? Yeah. And, and um, yes. talk, how, do you, yeah, how the, do you deal with that? You... Well, the, the cool thing is that, you know, that that whole life-changing moment, it, it allowed me to to process things differently and initially when yeah. I couldn't run I'd get pretty crabby pretty angry mm -hmm. you know and 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 it certainly you know Bianca would certainly let me know when, when that was happening um where now I, I, I'm starting to realize that what I'm doing is actually going yeah I'm injured but I've, I've now got the ability to override that part of me as in that mental yeah. health that you know where it had, I'd sort of drop down into this sort of depression and, and you know it's like no I'm going to attribute that with that old me I'm going to park yeah. that little bit of depression with that person that I used to be yeah. and I don't want to be that person so yeah. if I get injured I've got to do the best that I can do just like I do when I run to yeah. not be that one yeah. so I'm starting yeah. to change my whole thought pattern around that doesn't necessarily work all the time yeah. but you know like yeah I'm it's it's a it's a challenge. It's a it's a journey. You know, I'm dealing with a bit of an injury at the moment. Yeah. Um. And and I'm and I've had some of those ups and downs that come with that as well. But I've got a really supportive group of people around me. So you know, it's mm. 
that makes a huge difference. We're all a work in progress and the journey that you're on doesn't actually have a destination. You know, we're not, so it's actually okay. You know, you're not, like you said, um, we identify as a runner, but maybe sometimes we're a runner who's not running at the moment, <laughs> but we want to, you know, we're, we want to keep moving and maybe go riding or swimming or whatever it is. You do whatever it is to help with your recovery. It's kind of, um, I just hope that you never get an injury that says, that means you can't run at all for a long, long time. <laughs> um, what, how long do you think you're going to run for? Like what's your, I know we touched on that before because that's what your <laughs> trail <Yeah>. said. <laughs> trail mentor. Yeah. Uh... I've got I've got no plans to stop. Um, you know, there's there's some really good people around me, like I said. Uh, you know, and then and then I I sort of draw inspiration from, you know, our, our local group. Um, you know, Steve Appleby, yeah, Doug, um, Neil Hawthorne, Andrew Palfrey, all these amazing people that, you know, they 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 just they're just going to run forever. I'm sure. You know, so. Um, I, I must be able to as well. Of course, and why not? In fact, especially sometimes there's an advantage to starting a bit later. You've got more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there was an advantage in the sense of, you know, I just want to soak it all up and yeah. you know, just absolutely take on every opportunity that uh, comes my way, which I realise now that I can't because there's only so much time in the day. <laughs> but, I, yeah. What do your family think about your running? Uh, yes, like I mentioned, you know, initially it sort of did overtake things a little bit yep. and, and I became a bit selfish, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, now I think we, you know, I've moved, moved past that point and registered that as, as, um, you know, I've accepted that, you know, I, I can't just do this running thing all the time and I have to manage it better. Um, so supportive. I, I think with the amount of injuries ha I've had, I've, I've probably scared Bronte off running for life. I've come home with some some good injuries, you know, I've cut the um, above the eye and that. All oh, the, wow. All, all the good stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's no very, running injuries. <laughs> Yeah, my my um my partner Bianca runs as well, so she does a bit oh, she of does? Oh, that's awesome. Cool. But, oh, that's um, it then. No. Bianca, <laughs> Bronte's got no choice. <laughs> Two parents that do running, she'll be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you know, I encourage Bronte to run, but I certainly don't enforce. Yeah. Any of that sort of yeah. stuff. It's it's a choice. So. When I've talked to parents on the podcast, we often reflect on even if your kids don't run while they're kids the fact that their parent or parents run means it's something that's in their genetic toolbox or at least that's how they think about it in the back like they may not even be able to verbalize it but when they're an adult should they want to get fitter or whatever running is one of the things that would come to their mind because they know mum dad whatever ran and so yeah, I quite definitely. so even if they don't seem to be doing it now doesn't mean it's not lost on them for the future no that's right and like, you know like Bronte's Bronte always places quite highly in the cross countries and stuff so you know she um she always she always quotes um Lincoln um you know 
and and Lincoln told us some stuff about breathing, and it's like, hang on, that's my job. You, well, what's going on here? You know, like we'd go to HDR, and oh, I've got a stitch, Dad, and Lincoln had run past, and <laughs> Bronte had sort of take off, and it was like, oh, <laughs> so you know, that's good. She does run. She definitely does run. Yeah. No, see, so interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's you- funny. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, like what, even my 29-year-old daughter's um, been sending me, she lives in Melbourne, but she's been sending me pictures of her. What She's been getting fit this last couple of months, going to the gym and things. And now she's the last probably three or four weeks, she's been sending me pictures of her watch because she's been going running as well, <laughs> which she used to yeah, run as a child, but she hasn't really run in her 20s. So it's quite interesting. Cool. Um, what... Do you have anything that you're aiming to do at the moment, like in the next, by the end of the year or next year, early next year? Is there any sort of big thing on your horizon? I know you said you don't really train for anything, but are you thinking about mm. doing like any event or the, adventure? No, no particular events. Um, you know, I always look forward to those adventures and, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a, a small group of us that usually meet up uh, once a year and, and do some crazy adventure and in between yeah. that it's you know wherever I feel like heading off to and uh, done, a, done a recent run up on the west coast which was pretty cool but in terms of future so there is something inside and I think it it's a it's a it, it's all of that old me and it's going to it's going to manifest in in something you know there's this okay. there's something in there that says i'm going to do something big oh i don't know what it is but it, it's going to be big and it's going to be silly and there's not going to be an end per se there's going okay. to be me running until i decide i don't want to run anymore your forest um, gump season yeah <laughs> and it feels a bit like that like I, I really feel driven to do something not not for any type of glory for any type of FKT, for any type of achievement someone else has done. It's more that I just want to, I just want to see what's on the other side of Mm. that push, you know, like where we go, find the limit type of scenario. It's, you know, it feels like there's something out there waiting. Mm. And every time I start to manifest it, I end up getting an entry or something like that. And that just sort of suppresses the, the thought a bit, but, um, yeah, the, the, I don't know. You know, what, what's this space? Because there's definitely something, something coming that you know I, I can feel it. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a really odd, odd sensation. You know? Hopefully, you'll um, you'll come on and share it with us on a podcast. That'd be awesome. Yeah, if definitely. You would do that. No. I'd love that. Sure. Um, <laughs> I was I had Pat Farmer on the podcast a while ago, mm. Few, mm. years ago. Anyway, we talked about. Like I asked him, why do you run these silly long distances? I mean, he does a lot of his, uh, not necessarily trail, or he doesn't, he does everything. Um, and he said, you know, for someone who's a career of running lots of long distances, he said it was because he loved the way running those extra long distances for days and weeks or whatever, the way it pulled you down as who you were, like um, broke you down is probably a better word. Um, mm. phrase and then built you back up again by the time you finished whatever it is you set yourself out to do um, and I've since then had a number of people on the podcast who run ridiculous distances for days and they've said a similar sort of thing that they really like that that's it's a, an evolution of yourself or I can't 
transformation or something. And I, I wonder whether the way you described it, that you're feeling a some kind of something inside you that's um, tapping on those kind of doors as well, you know, that you want to have that kind of transformation, if you like. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, mm. I spoke to, mm, what's his name? I can't remember. I'll have to tell you. He's in New Zealand, but he's a practitioner with, um, there's like a, I want to say Buddhist, but it's not Buddhist, the Sri Chimney Chimney um, organization. And they just, they do some events that go for like a month or more. And you just have to get up every day and run between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day to stay in it. <laughs> anyway, so they, they do those kind of things, in it, but it's all about that trans, uh, like transformation stuff as well yeah, so anyway yeah. it's interesting there it, running has definitely been used included there's also some like buddhist monks who do they run something like i don't know a marathon every day for a year or something but the purpose is that to try and mm. have those kind of experiences and to tap into what that means is for you as an individual and and maybe humanity i don't know but yeah, it's definitely. it's fascinating to play with isn't it yeah i think the best the best way i could describe that what what I want to achieve, um, you know, it's it's not that it's going to be one big event, but the the one the one thing that I really enjoy the most is an uncontrolled run. So when I when I when I set out, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I'm going to turn left and I'll turn right. Yeah. And I've done that a few times, and it's the best run. This really uncontrolled run that I've, I've got no preconceptions about where I'm actually heading. You know, and and obviously there's there's the safety aspect of that as well, yeah. and you know knowing your limits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think my mind does that on its own anyway. You know, I know what my abilities are. I know, you know, if I'm stuck in the bush, I'm going to be pretty okay. I've, I've grew up yeah. in the bush. It's, you know, that that's fine. I'll get myself out of trouble. You know, but even with with, with road running, you know, I've I've left here and I've, I've just said to Bianca, is it okay if we give you a call in a few hours and let you know where I'm at. Um, would you mind coming and picking me up? And I've, yeah, you know, I've ended up like 40, 50 kilometers away in either east, west, south, or north direction. Um, wow. So that that's that's how I feel that you know my 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 big adventure that I want to have on my own is going to be you know somewhat uncontrolled. I don't I don't want to feel like I have to run for a certain yeah. spot to have achieved something. I just feel like I just want to go out there and experience this uncontrolled free flow form of running yeah that's, i love that's, it yeah that's, that's beautiful pretty, pretty um, cool, huh? someone else i spoke to i'm really terrible at them oh kai bretz he's in melbourne he's a german who lives in melbourne wrote a book called turning right because he's a very good runner but he's also like a professional um business person uh and he got a coach and the coach said get your friend to come with you because we want to break you out of your patterns because he'd got to sort of a plateau or something and they turned right but he and at that point when they left his house and at that point he Kai realized that he'd always turned left no reason that he'd always turned left and that kind of was you know the opening up to a bit like what you were talking about that kind of adventure where it's not all planned because of the kind of person he is he's very structured and very so opening things up and allowing therefore other things that you have no idea what they are to come in yeah. to your life is kind of exciting and 
and the way you perhaps yeah. can get to that next wherever you're going whatever your journey is it's kind of yeah and look I, I wouldn't suggest for someone to do that that wasn't familiar you know with where they were you know if you hadn't ran certain trails before i wouldn't just suggest turning right turning left on a whim <laughs> they're in the streets um, of melbourne i think no i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest go, you know because it, it it's it's a really cool way to run you know i've, I've yeah. done many many of those types of runs on kanani on our local mountain here uh, where I've just, you know, taken off and, you know, it's really cool to have a look at that, yeah. that Strava map of, <laughs> wow, you know, it's like, I had no idea I was going to head that way. And, and, you know, that, yeah, it's it's cool. But, um, you know, with with the road running where I'm at, I've got a lot of backcountry roads, a lot of gravel roads not far from me. So oh, that's, you know, that's that uncontrolled one because what that enables you to do is there's lots of shops, lots of servos along mm. the route, no matter whether you turn right or left. So. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind just heading off one day and seeing where it takes me and how far it takes me. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there, well, with with your running, what do you think your life, well, it, it seems like a silly question and I still persist on asking it with everybody, but um, what do you think your, your life has that you wouldn't have had had you not started running? So what's it given your life? That would be missing without it. Well, well, that's a that's a big one because I really feel like it's given it's given me life. Mm. You know, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. Without without running, I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to know. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to think. Well, potentially, I was walking. I was bushwalking, so maybe I would have that that might have just kept progressing further and further. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm very, very grateful to have found running. I, you know, it sort of it saved me in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. um, I, I don't, I can't really reflect yet um, on on how much that that it actually saved me, and you know, the opportunities that it gave me, and you know, and and, and made me be the person that I am now. You know, yeah, yeah. still, still, still on that journey, and uh, never stopping. Because we've established you're not going to stop running unless you... you know. No, no, we're not going to stop running. But I think more importantly, we're not going to stop being present. Yeah. And that's what running taught me mostly was just being present so you could actually, you know, process the world there and then, you know, and not, not reflect on it and wish you'd have done it differently. It's interesting. Um, I was reflecting on that the other day while I was out for a run because I too run most days, in fact, every day for... I've got a chart over there, 320 something days. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how far along it was. There. I remember listening to the podcast, I think you were 180 days in. So that's amazing. Well, that's... I think I was, well, I know, I'm 323 days. <laughs> so, yeah. What will I do when it's a year? I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I was reflecting because weirdly I was running. It was another day when I was running, which is every day. And oh my gosh, what were we talking about? That was really important. Hell's bells. I hate that. <laughs> What would we just say? Oh. We was discussing about what would we do if we wouldn't run. And, oh, and how, yeah. how I, cannot, I can't remember. It was really important. Oh, well, that happens. I shouldn't have started talking that's... about my running streak. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't have. Um, oh, that's right. Being present. 
That's why. Yes. Yes. yes being it. president. Though, I when yeah. I was running, I was thinking because I, I run my own business. I I work um, for another person as a executive assistant, and I volunteer for lots of running things, as like you, but up here in the north. Um, right. And, well, maybe you can give me some tips on how to manage that. And I've got five children and four grandchildren and a life that's just busy. Anyway, all those things. Uh, but then and, and any one of those areas of my life can cause me stress. Yeah. Like it just and sometimes those things get blown out of proportion because you get your brain, we we're talking about our brains before they get like start having these conversations that are unwelcome, but they keep going anyway. And then I go for a run. And all of that, it doesn't matter anymore, if you know it. Like, because uh, I'm more present mm -hmm. while I'm running, all those things are just put down. They're not going away. They're still there, but they're not mm -hmm. taking up so much of my thought processes. That's what I wanted to say <laughs> about what I've discovered through this, you know, daily process of running as well. It's been a great way for that release of just daily thought bubbles that go off in our brain to just let them go for a while. And I appreciate Definitely, it. Yeah. Mm, so I'm a Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, I remember when we did the uh, West Coast run. So we ran from the head of the Pyman River up to Tema. So it was 60 or 70K. Wow. Um, one of the most beautiful places in Tasmania I've ever seen. Um, you feel so remote when you're there, you know. It's just, wow. just another world altogether. And I remember... I remember lying in the tent that night and just reflecting on the run and, you know, you reflect on all the beauty, none of the pain. You, you just no. re reflect on the beauty. Yeah. And I remember thinking that through that whole run, I had no external thoughts. You know, mm. I was so present in that moment that, you know, the, the only time I allowed any sort of thought to enter was you know, thoughts of family. I remember thinking about uh, Bianca and Bronte yeah. uh, a few times because, you know, you're present and being present means that you're grateful for the life you have. And yeah. then all of a sudden that brings up really, really positive imagery in your mind. Aside from that, blank. Wow. Absolutely blank. And so lucky, you know, like that is so good because even though you're not consciously thinking, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, these neural pathways are opening and you're packing bits and pieces away and you, your brain's doing all these weird and wonderful things and it's doing that because you've allowed to, you, you're allowed, you've allowed the brain to, to relax, you know. It's mm. like all this external stimulation and being present in that moment just allows you just, just to chill out for a while and let yeah. the brain do its thing. And, you know, you have these little fleeting moments of positivity come and go you know with the thoughts of family but I just remember laying there thinking I think it took us eight or nine hours to, to run and it was like oh wow like how often in our lives do we have eight or nine hours where you can pretty much just go into this autonomous mode it's like being you know, unplugged and, yeah just unplugged it's, yeah. yeah I love that so, I love uh, it yeah I it do. Was a, it was a good, good, good space, and and it was good to recognize that as well. Mm. You know, oh yes, like, to reflect on it. We don't we don't want too much of um you know the, like that was such a good run and I got this out of it and I got that out of it and not you know taking this whole moment of 
where, oh, wow, that actually really was something special because yeah. I was able to detach from all the stresses of life. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it puts things in perspective. That's probably like I've done quite a bit of bushwalking um, in Tassie and when you get up, so I, I get the same stuff when I'm bushwalking. When you're up there looking out across those massive vistas, you just think, well, yeah, <laughs> my life is pretty awesome. And, you know, all the little mm. things that bother me, you know, they don't really, it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, it just puts everything in perspective and you realise that life is pretty cool, actually, if, yeah, you, let, not, if not, you let it be. Not a problem in the world, you know. It doesn't exactly. matter if you're running into 50-kilometre headwinds <laughs> and sand blasting across your face <laughs> and you're running along a beach that is nothing but quicksand. Yeah. You just wipe the grin off my face and there was not a worry in the world, you know. It was all because I, I'm, I was blessed enough to find running. Yeah, I love that. I just, I think adventure too. There's something in human nature about adventure. You know, we, we're quite an adventurous uh, species. <laughs> we kind of like to see around the corner and what's over the hill and that kind of stuff too. It's kind of, um, it's yeah, in our nature. No, it, 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 takes, it takes me back to my childhood. Every time I do these adventures, it just reminds me of that that little little guy running around the bush up in Norfolk and oh, finding caves and so cool. awesome trees to climb and things to jump off. And, yeah. I love it. All right. Um, I've kept your ages. Before we go, I've got a couple more questions. But um, what is there anything about running in particular that you wanted to share that you think we haven't touched on in your story? Oof. No, gee whiz. Um, I'm sure there's there's so much that we haven't touched on, but you know, I hope I hope um, I've touched on some of those key things that you know really helped me in 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 my journey of life and mental health and yeah. becoming a better me. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think I think we we sort of breeze through most of that stuff in small snippets. Just and, incidentally, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, think, I think we covered, covered a fair bit of it so, we have. You know, um, um, yeah. before you go one thing I ask everyone is yeah. if someone came up to you and said Matt I'd love to start running what would you what? suggest to them so a beginner runner I would certainly suggest well I'd suggest hey there's an awesome podcast <laughs> that Michelle Pop does Here's the oh link. my gosh you're the first person who said that in 200 and something episodes yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'll do. I'll put them towards the link to, to my podcast with Michelle. I'll certainly say, go and jump on a podcast and have a listen to some of the stories because what it. you'll find is a story that relates to you. Yeah. Um, and 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 I guess I I, I definitely uh, I, I'd suggest you know finding the why. You know, sometimes you hear yeah. people talk about the why, and um, for me that that's the big one um, regardless of anything that you want to achieve with your running make sure that you've got a good why mm. and you and you fill your pockets with that why because yeah. when when you when you're down and out and and you hit that spot on that track where you remember that that's the spot that you've got to you had to stop and walk yeah you know reach in your pocket pull out the why and the why is because I don't want to be that person or the why is yeah whatever and that that's going to relate to the individual but um you know if you can if you can hold on to that as as the motivator and the big driver then 
you know anything is is possible you know there's yeah. there's no limit to what we can do and and that speaks for, for everyone i think um yeah. you know there's there's so much involved with technique and all the other bits and pieces mm. that come with running but you got to find that that's the journey mm. it's it's you know to, to stay on the journey i think you, you really need a good good why um yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be you know 20 years of of you know the the guilt that I sort of carry is my why, but I've turned that into a positive. You know, it's yeah. it's okay to have that, and that that's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. It's it's, yeah. it's okay. Find yeah. the why, pack your pockets full of it, put it in your running vest. You know, pull it out when you Make need it. Make a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Put it on your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, grab that why, and and um, yeah, when you need it, it, it it'll be there to to pull you along. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Very cool. You could get like a little tattoo <laughs> or something with your wife. Yeah, well, I, I used to symbols you like. Yeah, yeah I, I got bronchitis to write some, some messages on my arm on my longer runs. And, oh, you do? Oh, wow. Yeah, so That's so that. cool. I've, I've got the KMR logo on, on my arm as well. Um, you know, because wow. the, the event was, was, was really special, but it was, it was everything that that event meant to me in terms yeah. of the connections that i made um especially the connections i built on Kanani, you know like mm. so much to be grateful for to have this awesome mountain right on the doorstep so i, I thought i'm i'm putting that on the arm because not just the event but that whole you know the community that comes together the, what everything mm. yeah it reminds me of the why it's beautiful. I love it. All right. Here am I saying that thinking who's putting a tattoo, but you were you put the tattoo on the what on what your why was. So I love that. Um thank you. Don't jump off straight away. Massive thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing so much. I'm sure it's going to inspire heaps of people. Really appreciate you doing that. So again, massive thank you. I can't say thank you enough for coming on that and sharing. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. Send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.